When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today with Patricia Messenger on C103. And a very good Tuesday morning to you as we welcome you to the programme with John Paul and Sadie taking your calls at 1850-333-103. And I awoke this morning to a text message to inform me that uh, Dr. Martin O'Donnell, who was the founder of St. Joseph's Foundation, had passed away uh, yesterday peacefully at his uh, residence. And I believe he was surrounded by his uh, family. And it uh, struck me, he was Dr. O'Donnell, what a legend of a man but what a legacy this man has left behind uh, Dr O'Donnell was the founder of St Joseph's Foundation it was found he formed it back in the late 60s at the time it was called the Charleville and District Association of the Handicapped and I remember over the years I've interviewed uh, Dr O'Donnell and I remember asking him in one interview many years ago you know how it all started and he was talking about as you know a young GP in Charleville he was seeing a lot of children with learning disabilities you know, coming in and out to the GP practice and he realised that none of them were attending school, that there was no school available for them in, in the area and then when he looked into it he realised there was no immediate prospect of any of these children going to school and it was, you know, children with Down syndrome and children with other different learning disabilities. So he decided to get a little committee together and this committee was formed and they set up a day school service which started in April of 1969 in Charles and then gradually over the years out of that little day school service grew a preschool went into the Holy Family School which is a fantastic school now and they had a brand new build uh, a couple of years uh, ago and then of course he realised that when the children were due to leave school there was nowhere for them to go as adults with a learning disability so he initially they set up the St Joseph's Sheltered Workshop that was established in the early 70s and of course that went on to be what St Joseph's Foundation is today and under the motto to care the foundation could continues to grow and to respond to the needs of people with uh, learning disabilities, both adults and, and children. And because of Dr O'Donnell and that little committee, they he truly transformed the lives of people who've attended St Joseph's Foundation. And it's a big, big uh, catchment area. It's, you know, covers the whole of North Cork and uh, Southwest uh, Limerick. It really is a huge, huge uh, area. So I really was uh, saddened because I was very proud to have been on the board of St Joseph's Foundation for a number of years so I wor- worked beside
alongside Dr O'Donnell as a board member and just what a wonderful caring man and he would be so missed by so many people and we pass on our deepest deepest uh, sympathy to all of his family that's the late Dr Martin O'Donnell uh, may he rest in peace 1850 our lines are open and it is all about level 3 today and this time yesterday we didn't know if it was going to be level five that we would be going through and John Paul put up a poll on our social media site asking people yesterday should we go to level five this was when we were waiting for the cabinet to make their decision at this stage we were waiting for Michal Martin Leo Varadkar and Eamon Ryan to have the meeting with Dr Tony Coulihan and the others from Nefer to explain why they were suggesting that we move to level 5 and we put up a poll and we asked people should we go to level 5 and I actually was surprised by the results it's 42% of people this time yesterday felt yes it was the right thing to do was to move to level five with 58% saying no, it uh, wasn't. So I think, John Paul, we're redoing that today to feel now with the additional information, how do people feel? Was it the right decision on behalf of the government? But all of the papers today very much leaning towards and saying that now the trust between the government and Neffet certainly has hit an all-time uh, low. The Taoiseach, Michal Martin, faced down a shock demand by Neffet to push the country into what would have been the highest level of lockdown. Now, during what's described as a tense meeting in government buildings, the returning Chief Medical Officer, Dr Tony Houlihan, whose first full day back, of, back at work, faced a barrage of criticism from senior medicine ministers. Dr Houlihan had stunned the Cabinet late on Sunday with this recommendation to impose Level 5 restrictions. Not just on parts of the country, Tony was looking for it to be imposed on the entire uh, country. Now, he was backed by medical experts. They were worried about the trajectory of the virus in Ireland. And of course, their big worry was that it was going to pose a threat to the hospital ICU capacity. And they reckon that if we didn't do something, hospital ICU capacity was really under threat and it would only take a couple of weeks for that to happen. But in this bid to impose level five restrictions across the nation, it was shot down by the government minister's They argued that the economy and jobs must also be a factor in the battle against COVID-19. The Thornista Leo Varadkar hit back at Tony Houlihan live on, did you see him on Clare Byrne last night? And he says that Tony Houlihan had not thought through his suggestion to move to a level five. Now, one government source said that Neffet was all about protecting normal hospital activity and protecting schools and childcare, while this government source felt that the private sector was the one that was going to be sacrificed. A source, and this is kind of similar to what Leo Varadkar said on Clay Byrne last night, it's easy for 40 well-heeled public servants to put 400,000 people out of their jobs while they don't lose a penny. Uh, the Taoiseach Michal Martin in a televised address to the country last night uh, says that the rest of the nation now will join Dublin and Donegal all moving to level three. He says if we all act now we can stop the need to go further and under level three restrictions of course restaurants and the so-called wet pubs 
will only be allowed to provide outdoor uh, service. And bearing in mind that the wet pubs only opened two weeks ago yesterday. They've only had two full weeks of trading. We're going to be talking with the Vintners Federation today. Obviously, they're devastated to hear that they're going to have to close as of midnight tonight. And it seems Gardaí will be using their new enforcement powers to crack down on pubs and to crack down on restaurants who fail to comply with the COVID-19 restrictions. Senior management is also finalising plans to increase the the visibility of officers on the ground. But what's interesting to hear is further additional powers for the Gardaí have been ruled out by the government. That's the one thing we've been hearing from the Gardaí. We can do our best, but we only have so much powers. We know they can't go in to an individual's house. If they're having a rocking house party, they can knock on the door and say, guys, you shouldn't be having a house party. Will you all leave? But they can't find anyone and they can't arrest anyone. And people are saying if they need the additional powers, maybe that's what the government need to uh, do. And with the with us moving to level three for midnight tonight, predictions are 50,000 bar staff and 180,000 restaurant workers will be losing their jobs. And you have to, you absolutely have to have sympathy for those people will be out of work for at least the next uh, three weeks and I suppose if we all if everyone does what we're asked to do hopefully they'll only be out of work for uh, three weeks and of course the big question is how could Neffet advise against moving the country to level three restrictions last Thursday. I mean, this time last week, that's what we were looking at. We were talking about Wood Cork. We knew that Neffet were meeting on Thursday. We knew that they would make a recommendation to the government and we knew that the government then, probably Hall Martin, would address the nation on Friday. And the talk was there was about four counties. We were one of them here in Cork. Our figures were bad last week. They're bad again this week. So we were saying definitely more counties will move with Donegal and Dublin and we will move to level three. Neffet met on Thursday and we all held our breath and waited to see would we be moving to level three and they came out and said no, that instead of the counties that were doing bad going to level three, everybody in Ireland instead, there would be new rules around the amount of people that you could have to your house. So that was the announcement on Thursday from Neffet. So how does Neffet go from making that statement to then later, three days later only, suddenly insisting that the entire country goes to what technically what would have been uh, a lockdown. Now Neffet's letter to the government, they have raised concerns about the rise in the number of new cases over the age of 65. There's also been, and I didn't know about this until I read it in Neffet's letter, There's been an outbreak in nursing homes and also there's been an outbreak among other vulnerable groups, among the travelling community. And also, of course, we know there's been an outbreak in various direct provision uh, centres. There's also been rising numbers of hospitalisation and intensive care cases. So there's some of the reasons why Neffert decided then we need to move to level five. And a new term for us we heard yesterday coming from Dr Tony Hulham pushing for this circuit breaker lockdown. And the idea behind a circuit breaker lockdown is it's designed to cut the spread of the virus off at the head. So it's kind of a short, sharp lockdown and you would move very quickly. You'd lock down the entire uh, country. But obviously, Dr Tony Hulham and the other head guys from Neffert went in I know Ronan Glynn was there as well went in and spoke to the cabinet 
to put the reasons for it, why they wanted the circuit breaker uh, lockdown. Now, according to many sources, the meeting became really, really heated and seemingly the strongest contributions came from the Taoiseach Micheál Martin from the Thánaiste, but also from Pascal Donoghue, who was the Minister for Finance. And seemingly Pascal Donoghue was very assertive about what he saw as Neffet's misunderstanding of the government's living with COVID plan and how the living with COVID plan is very much linked to the economy and how the economy has to keep going. Pascal Donoghue seemingly stressed that the plan wasn't designed to allow Neffet Trump three levels all at once. He then outlined that there'd be serious financial consequences and that the European Central Bank or even the international markets mightn't be accessible if we were the only EU country going into a second lockdown and a full lockdown. And that could have put us into a very precarious situation because if they couldn't borrow the money, uh, the doctors themselves wouldn't even be getting paid. So I think the economy side of it and how the economy side of it had to be explained to Neffet as well. Your thoughts and comments uh, welcomed. In particular, who are you with on this side of the argument? Are you with Micheál Martin and Leo Varadkar and the rest of the Cabinet in saying, yes, it's the right move. Go to level three, as tough as that's going to be for some parts of uh, society. Or are you with Dr Tony Houlihan and the rest of Neffet saying no put us back into full lockdown regardless of what it does to the economy. Your thoughts welcomed 1850 103. A lot of commentary coming in on level three versus level five. Whose side are you with? The side of the government or the side of Neffet are from Mill Street. Hi Patricia, just a thought on the government decision on COVID-19. I was surprised the level three was brought in but also understand that if level five was in place it would break the country. A total lockdown would not be good for people again. Some live on their own and they wouldn't be able to see anyone for weeks or it could even go on for months. They hit the hospitality sector all of the time. But why can't they stop the so-called house parties? They will now be on the increase if nothing is done there. Just look on social media. There are people drunk all of the time. None of them wearing masks. No social distancing going on. The responsible people of this country have to, in commas, suffer just for the actions of the minority. And that's from R in Mill Street. Somebody says, wait and see, Patricia will be in level five by next uh, week. Morning, Patricia. The government, this is from Anne, the government will re- will regret ignoring Neffet's advice a month down the line when hospitals will be overwhelmed. We are only delaying the inevitable by not going to level five now. Will level three bring down cases? The enforcement is simply not there. Leo, I felt, was an absolute disgrace last night on TV. A politician does not go on TV and publicly attack the public health doctors. Leo, to me, is following Donald Trump's actions. And I can't believe, says another texter, the government ignored Neffet's advice. Neffet, at the end of the day, are trying to save lives. The precious economy gets bailed out by the government anyway. How about all those sick people in ICU? What about all the people who've already died already and all those now that will die? Government have got their priorities wrong on this one for sure. Let me go to the phone lines where Eileen joins me. Good morning to you, Eileen. Good morning, Patricia. Now, Eileen, you've got underlying health conditions. I have. So where does that leave you when it comes to COVID-19? Are you out and about? Are you socialising? Are you going to the shops? What, no, ha- what are you doing? I don't do any of that. The only thing I do is go to the primary health care for injections, from the flu jab or for to get my feet done. 
because I'm a, a diabetic as well. And I am very, very annoyed at the government turning down Nesset. Simply because, Patricia, we have off-licences open. We have pubs open. We have airports open. Why don't they close them down for just two weeks and see if this virus will subside? I can't go out. I'm at home. I'm lucky I have a bit of garden that I can walk around. But other than that, I don't have no one in my home. I have a granddaughter who does my shopping for me. And has that, have you been living like that since March, since I've the first been lockdown? I've like that since March. I've been six weeks in hospital with the second lot of cancer. And I have been like this since last March. So you're already in your own lockdown? I am already in my own lockdown. But the thing is, I was looking forward to getting out and having a walk because I had a knee replacement as well. I'm just, I'm just up to, you know, the thing is, if all these places were closed down, then all these people couldn't be having parties in their homes the weekends. So it's all back to drink, isn't it? It's all back to drink. So, okay, they're going to, they're going to close, they're technically going to close the pubs and the, the gastro restaurants and all of that, so people won't be able to go out to drink. So what a number of people are saying, I can see with texts coming in, we're just pushing people into house parties. That's you are. that's what this is going to do. That's what it done the first time. And why they couldn't see that, I don't know. So close down the off licenses. Close the off, well, it's no good you closing a pub and even an off license open. Because they can go into the off license and get their takeaway and go back to the house. And have as many people then as they like in the house. And then the guards have no authority to go into the house. They can only come to the house and tell them all get out. They can advise and educate. And encourage. Yeah. And how has the last six, we're nearly into seven months now of it, Eileen. How, yeah. Has it been very tough on you? There's days that, uh, you know, I had my energy levels, I've had such a bad operation, Trisha, that my energy levels are really down and I can't do what I want to do. But I'm, re- I'm knitting for charity, I'm reading, I'm doing this around the house, I'm keeping my brain going as much as I can. Well done. And you've had nobody visit your house? Nobody. I had the public health nursing for several weeks after coming out of hospital until my wound healed and that was all that was in my home. And who, do you say, who did you say does your shopping for you? My granddaughter. And does she come in with the shopping or what does she do? She comes, she goes out, she's living with me. Okay. I've two of them living with me and she goes out and does the shopping and comes back in and I'm not allowed into the kitchen until that shopping is wiped and put away. Put away, all right. But you have company at least with the grandchildren. Oh, I have. Oh, I thank have. God. Thank I God. Have. I thought you were living on your own. Okay. All right. But, but and what are you missing most, Eileen? I'm missing getting out, having a walk. Just if people were across the road just to say hello. You know, and at the moment I'm meeting nobody and I think to myself, oh God, is this going to be me for the rest of my life? It's not. It's not. This, this, it, this time will pass, but it's just... It's when it'll pass. And you were hoping, what, that we'd get it over with and maybe Christmas. Maybe you'd have yeah. a normal Christmas, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Which would be nice for everybody. It would, it would. 
Okay, all you can do is look after yourself and you certainly seem to be sounding like you're doing that anyway with the help of the grandchildren. Yeah, I am. Well done, well done. All right, listen, look after yourself. Thanks, Patricia. Thanks a million. Bye-bye. 1850-333-103. More of your calls coming in. Uh, John says you can get drink in the shops if you're going to stop off licences. You'd have to get rid of all the other places where you can buy uh, alcohol. Uh, Yeah, well, I think when people are saying shut down the off licence, I think they're saying like prohibition is what they're talking about even though if you look back on history prohibition never worked somebody else says Leo was right the, you cannot allow scientists to run uh, the country and somebody else says good morning uh, Patricia I'm fully behind the government so there is definitely a split there are definitely people saying that Neffet is right and then there were others saying no you have to have the economy you have to think about the uh, economy we can't have it both ways. We either have to, we have to, we have to try. Again, it goes back to, doesn't it? It goes back to, we have to find some way of living with the virus. But yo-yoing in and out of lockdown, I don't know if that is living with the virus or not. 1850-333-103. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 0862 As we've been hearing, the government decided not to accept the NEFID recommendation and will instead now move the entire country to level three restrictions and they kick in from midnight tonight. Our political editor, Sean Defoe, once again joining me on the programme. Good morning to you, Sean. Morning, Patricia. Uh, is this the first time that the government have gone so publicly against the NEFET advice? Yes, it is. Um, there have been little tweaks that the government has made to NEFET's advice before, small little changes that they've done in consultation with them to bits, but they've never one gone against it at all uh, in terms of going up a level and this stricter recommendation and never done it in such a public way either. And the Cabinet just feeling it was a step too far to go from level two to level five. Yes, and they didn't feel that the justification that NEFA gave for their recommendation uh, was enough yesterday, that the argument Tony Hula had put forward had enough meat on the bones of it uh, to justify hundreds of thousands of people losing their jobs overnight, to justify the social impact, the impact on the, the backlog authority there in hospitals, for example, um, and that this kind of a circuit breaker, let's shut things down for four months to reset, kind of, or four weeks rather, um, to reset was not the right way to go at the moment. Has the relationship shown between Neffet and the Cabinet now changed? I think so, um, although some ministers would deny it. It was interesting in that after Miguel Martin's speech last night, there was a press conference in the, the bunker in government buildings, this underground press centre, where Stephen Donnelly and Eamon Ryan and Pascal Donoghue were quite massively trying to play down any sort of a rift between Neffet and uh, the government is saying that, of course, there was going to be robust debate. But at the exact same time, uh, on RT's Claire Byrne show, uh, the overagger seemed to be throwing Tony Hoonan under a bus and really heavily, heavily critical of the NEFA proposals. Basically, if you believe his versions, they came in with a, a half-baked, not-thought-through plan for how to shut down the country but not deal with any of the wider impact that would be there societally. So uh, from that interview alone, I think there's huge um, uh, damage to the relationship there and huge pressure on that relationship between government uh, and NEFED because now any of their recommendations in the future are going to be viewed in that light. And what are you hearing on the ground, uh, Sean? Was that a very tense meeting? It, by all sounds of it, it was. Um, it, it was almost three hours long, which shows you they did 
go well into the detail of it, and it, it did get quite heated um, at points of quite robust exchanges between them. The letter from Neffert to the government did not mince its words. It said that this gradual, graduated approach that we are taking by going level three, level four is not going to work, is not going to arrest the spread of the virus uh, enough over the next few weeks to avoid um, this second surge that we're kind of in the middle of at the moment and to help out the health service enough to avoid it being overwhelmed throughout the winter and said that the only way to do it was to go to level five. Ministers were not happy with the level of proof that he brought. They were not happy with the way that it was sprung on them on Sunday night. It looked as though Neffel was trying to bounce them into making a decision and not happy that the thing came with three days notice from an effort meeting that said there was no need to go to level three to deciding to go to level five. Also a lot of anger in how the whole thing was communicated because the entire country effectively for more than 24 hours was put on tenterhooks with knots in their stomach for businesses who didn't know what the story was. So there, um, I think this whole fiasco has been communicated terribly by, by all sides and is going to possibly have a lasting impact. Well, I know I did question marks about how did the Neffert recommendation get out into the public domain on Sunday evening? Uh, well, it's That's the, the pure and simple of it. That's the only way it, it, it would have uh, come out because it went from Neffert and their meeting as of more than 40 doctors. So between them, I'm sure one or two of them were, were bound to talk about it. And then once it got into political circles and government sources, uh, Paul Gord, like myself, started to hear about it. And that's initially how it got out. There was some criticism last night of the government taking 24 hours to reach a decision. I think that's probably a little bit unfair. I think they could have done it a small bit sooner. But that they had to, if you were, you've suddenly got a been blindsided by a recommendation to shut down the country, you do have to take a little bit of time to consider all the various options, and I think 24 hours is entirely uh, unreasonable. But how the whole thing was handled uh, from an effort point of view is certainly under a lot of scrutiny in government circles. And it's the hospitality sector who will be most affected by this move to uh, Level 3, in particular the restaurants, the gastropubs and the so-called wet pubs who only opened two weeks yesterday. Yeah, and there has been an increase in the restart grants as a result of it, which is some small comfort to them, but only a very small comfort. Uh, Restaurants can't serve anyone except for residents. um, And when you look at then the likes of wet pubs, they can only serve outdoors for some of them. That that means that they will be closing um, and won't have that sort of facility. It's also October in Ireland, so you would imagine that will again limit people to what they can serve um, outdoors and then the kind of facilities that they might have. So there's a lot of people, particularly in that that hospitality sector, will be impacted. No one is allowed to leave their county from uh, midnight tonight except for work or, or education. So, again, that is going to limit travel. So if you had, uh, for example, a holiday booked, uh, if you're from Cork and you had a holiday booked in Clare or Waterford, lovely Waterford, I'll talk up the tourism all day long. <laughs> um, but if you had, you're going, no, I'm not going to be able to actually go and do it. And indeed, if you had a wedding uh, in a neighbouring county, if you um, were going somewhere, then you aren't able to travel to that either, unless it is, in fact, your own wedding. So quite a lot of impact on the hospitality sector, all right. Yeah, uh, yeah, um, absolutely. Um, OK, and it, and it kicks in for midnight tonight and it is going to take us beyond the October bank holiday weekend. So that's another bank holiday weekend that's gone for the hospitality sector. Did you hear much about this rumour were to get another bank holiday on the 21st of December? It's a, it's a strange rumour that has been um, kind of floated around for, for quite a while uh, in, in government circles that they might... It was looked at fairly early on as kind of a reward almost. When we, back when we thought that this 
time of year we'd be fine and we'd be back normal. People were saying, well, why don't we give a, a bank holiday to make up for the ones we lost earlier on in the year and maybe to get tourism going. Um, I, to, to the best of my knowledge, I, I'm not 100% sure we'll actually discuss that cabinet yesterday or agreed at cabinet yesterday, but the idea has been out there. Now, it, it would seem a small bit pointless to actually do it this year because, of course, everything that we usually enjoy doing on a bank holiday we can't really do at the moment, um, which is is not exactly great. So it is out there in the ether uh, and perhaps will come into force. Certainly government want to look at it, but I don't think there's been any big stage for it. Yeah, and, and I'll big it up for Cork, even though this year we wouldn't have had a jazz <laughs> festival for the October bank holiday weekend like we would normally be looking forward to. OK, Sean, we'll speak again. Listen, thank you for that and thanks for joining us this morning. No worries. You, go. I'll go down to the jazz festival if you come to Spree and Waterford. And, oh, listen, I love. I, I've been to Spree on many occasions. It's a f- fantastic event. And listen, we'll have those days again. Okay, look, we will indeed. Look after yourself, Sean. Take care. Bye bye. That is our uh, political editor, uh, Sean Defoe. Eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three. Close the off license. Says a texture for good. Don't open them anymore. That comes in from Dan in Mallow. And here's somebody who says, Patricia, I don't go to house our host house parties however I am alcohol dependent do not close off the off licence now the texter says we need to have a complete lockdown as hard as it might be I don't know whether closing off off licence is the answer or not the trouble is that once we come out of lockdown people start going crazy again it's up to people to start please being uh, sensible and there's a lot of whatsapps in I will promise you I'll get around to them all but listen to this one one listener says what about the parents of children in residential care facilities who didn't get to see their children for eight weeks earlier this this year uh, this year and now we've been told we can't see them for the next three weeks from midnight tonight please close the off licenses stop the house parties stop the street drinking and please just let families reunite and that is signed a heartbroken mother for today on C103 call Patricia with your comment 1850-333-103. Now, publicans across the country are reeling from the announcement of further nationwide restrictions, which will see many close only just two weeks after opening. Michael O'Donovan, publican and Cork chair of the Vintners Federation of Ireland, once again uh, joins me. Good morning to you, Michael. Good morning, Patricia. Uh, and you know something, I was thinking about you this morning, I was actually dreading doing this interview with you because we had, we were talking only last week about dodging a bullet and here we are and, and you certainly haven't dodged it at uh, this time. Only outdoor sittings of 15 people will be allowed. Does that technically mean the closure of practically every pub in Ireland? It does, uh, Patricia, because, um, yes, from from when we close our doors tonight at 11 o'clock, out for half 11, um, indoor uh, dining or drinking from tomorrow or from midnight tonight is prohibited. So it's 15 people having to sit outside at tables, um, social distancing, so you can have uh, people at tables, but obviously keep them either two metres or one metre apart. Um, and look, I suppose... The practicalities of it. It's no. It's October. You know. Um, would you like to sit outside for an hour or two um, on a, a cold evening? Um, I don't think it's going to be very practical for 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 bars. So in effect, um, the government last night with the moving of let to level three have shut the the bars across the country. 
Yeah, and you know, even the idea of that you would only be allowed 15 people, I mean, we were talking about it in the office this morning, even like some of the larger bars, sure wouldn't be financially viable if you could only have 15 people sitting outside in in your beer garden. It won't, and look, if you, even if you're doing food, you know, you have to bring in a chef, you have to bring in a server, you like you'll probably need two people there, one to manage outside, one to be in and out with food and drinks and somebody cooking in the kitchen. Um look we've I've been working yesterday evening and again this morning with some members and like the the figures probably just don't add up, you know, and like we, we know from pubs in Dublin that have done this for the last uh, two weekends, um are that it, it's just not financially viable to do it because you're at the mercy of the weather and even if you have the best yawnings, the best windbreakers uh, it's difficult for people still to sit outside because in Ireland if it's a wet day and there's a wind the, the rain will come in no matter what you try and do because we're, we can't close off the outside area you're, you're, it has to be an outside area and it has to be ventilated so uh, the weather is going to play a major uh, feature in this do you feel your industry has been unfairly treated, Michael? Well, look, uh, um, Patricia, this morning, we're, we're the only industry really tonight that, um, that shuts down again. You know, like if you're, if you're in construction, you're able to go to work tomorrow. If you're in media, if you're, you know, in healthcare, you're going to work tomorrow. Uh, when we finish tonight, we have the, I suppose, the, the uncertainty of what happens. You know, we're at the mercy of what happens and what the government and NEFET will decide over the next three weeks. Um, we can't say with any certainty that we're going to be back on the 28th of October. That's the hard part of it. We've like we've had very stringent guidelines. I can testify, and anybody that's seen been in my bar for the last two weeks, um, I've had inspections by the Gardaí twice a day, nearly every day. I think of the 15 days, I've had the Gardaí in 12 days, twice a day. Um, and I've had Fault Ireland inspection on top of that, uh, and like we've gone through rigorous uh, training, and like um, we've followed the guidelines to the to the very letter of the law. And I know the vast majority of our members have done it. Um, there are a few that have broken it, and unfortunately, we're all punished uh, with the same brush uh, because uh, we're all closed tonight. And like that's that's really soul destroying for us, having uh, I suppose stocked our bars, got into stock. Um, filled our shelves and like like yes we'll have a financial loss tonight when we close because whatever's on our shelves that's tough luck that's ours um you know we, we can't do anything we can't expect suppliers to take that back so even just the mental stress of of that now being at the financial loss tonight to all that that's even you know it's a bitter pill to swallow really to be quite honest and staff will be turning up at bars today to be told no work for the next three weeks. Yeah, look, I know talking to colleagues last night and this morning, they've had to have that conversation with staff, you know, like come tonight, they're, they're, uh, they're going to be temporarily laid off. Hopefully it'll be a short term, but look, we don't have a crystal ball. We can't answer that question. All we, all we do know is for definite, it's until the 28th of October. Um, which, look, which rules out the bank holiday weekend? Yeah, the, the bank holiday weekend is gone and look, I know the government have said last night that they look at maybe introducing another bank holiday in December, but look, it, it's it, while it's welcomed, it's uh, it's little comfort because like trading at such reduced capacity, um, be it a bank holiday or a normal night, we can only fit, any bar can only fit a certain capacity into it now under the current guidelines. So having an extra bank holiday 
Um, I'm not so sure if it's uh, if it's going to be of huge benefit. It's welcomed, maybe gives people an extra night to go out, but with the reduced capacity, it's um, it's not of huge benefit, unfortunately. Um, and look, we've the uncertainty of we 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 genuinely don't know what's going to happen between now and the 28th of uh, of October, which is. I suppose, more of concern. Well, yeah, I think that is the big worry for a lot of people. You can't be guaranteed that you will reopen your doors on the on the 28th of October. No, we can't. And look, we can be only guided by NEFIT and I suppose the uh, the government. But look, we we saw the damage that NEFIT did Sunday when they released that statement, like, uh, like talking to a lot of colleagues. And look, I experienced it myself firsthand. Um, I was home Sunday night at uh, at twenty two eleven. Bar cleaned, everybody gone, ready to reopen on Monday. It was just, it was the, the like I can say the city was wiped out Sunday evening from five six o'clock on because people were just terrified to go out and socialise and anybody that was out just wanted to get home. Um, and like that's been uh, that story has been said through every town and village across the country. Um, that uh, the, like that statement coming out by Neff just put people on tender hooks and just wiped out business from Sunday. And even if I'm honest, going back to last Thursday, um, speaking to lots of colleagues around the county, you know, with Cork having the potential last Thursday have gone to level three, business did taper off Thursday, Friday, because people were still very nervous about coming out. Saturday was uh, was better, but then Sunday again, it was it was, uh, it was was ruined by Nessus. Yeah. Yeah. So, any plan? And and the and the gastropubs and the restaurants. This is the one difference, I suppose. This time, they also fall under the new restrictions. Yeah, it's it's hospitality across the board. Cafes, restaurants, uh, bars that serve food or bars that don't. We're all in the all in the same boat. It's just fifteen people. So, like, um, to be quite honest, like it, it's 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 very it's going to be very hard to trade. Um, with 15 people outside, it, it's bordering on being unviable for the vast majority of publicans. Um, so, yeah, look, the, the the vast majority of publicans will be from half past 11 tonight when they close their doors finally, will be closed until the until the 28th of October. OK, and this is saying, does that include cafes where you'd go in and have a cup of coffee and a bun? Yeah, they, they like, there's, the, the wording of the statement last night from the government is um, any indoor dining or uh, drinking is prohibited from uh, midnight tonight. Wow, wow, yeah, it so, is. It is your little coffee shop on the corner. Afraid, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, okay. They will be under the same rules of 15 people and like it doesn't, as you said, if you're a big gastro bar, super bar or if you're a small little establishment like me, it's the same. It's 15 people is all you're allowed. Okay. Any plans for the next three weeks, Michael, for yourself? No, I uh, Look, I suppose we just absorbed the information today um, and I suppose, look, tomorrow we'll have to try and clean out the taps and I suppose uh, untap kegs and like, a, like, I suppose spend a few hours in the bar just to, I suppose, um, prepare it to go into hibernation for the three Again. weeks. And then, um, and like, that'll be the hardest thing to be quite honest when you go into an empty bar tomorrow and do all that and walk out the door tomorrow night or tomorrow lunchtime, whatever time. And knowing that you're you're probably only going to go in to check it every couple of days like that, that's the really hard part of it. Okay. Well, listen. You look after yourself. Okay. 
Cheers, Patricia. And we'll stay in contact. Take care. Take care. That is uh, Michael O'Donovan. He is Cork Chair of the Vintners Federation of Ireland. Of course, he's owner of the Castle Inn in the uh, city centre. And regardless of how people feel about alcohol and people saying, oh, it's all down to drinking, it's all down to the house parties and close the off licences and close the pubs and the gastro pubs and the nightclubs and keep them all closed. You cannot but have sympathy for the likes of people like Michael O'Donovan and, and the other publicans, particularly the smaller ones who have operated by every single rule and regulation. They didn't breach any of the rules and regulations and the small bars, they would never have had huge crowds in them anyway. And for many of them, they're like almost a social outlet for people to come out and meet up with their friends. You could not help but have sympathy for those uh, people. So my thanks to Michael O'Donovan. He's always been great to be available to us when we want to chat. And as I say, uh, no doubt we will speak with him uh, again. Some of your thoughts are coming in. Morning, Patricia. If I get sick, do I go to a doctor now or do I go to a politician, says uh, Pat. Somebody else says since the colleges opened, went back in September, the virus went mad. And this sister says another thing. City people buying homes in rural Ireland, you're not wanted to go back to the city. You can't say, what, what do you mean? I have no idea where you're coming from on that. Uh, and people are entitled to buy houses wherever they want to buy a house. And Christine says, I'm 100% behind the government on this one. Another lockdown would lead to a spike in mental health problems and it would wreck the economy. We need to find a balance. And that's from Christine in Cork. And Mary says, Hi Patricia, I'm a non-drinker and I very seldom go to the pub to socialise but I am really sorry to hear the sadness in Michael O'Donovan's voice who you just spoke with. My heart goes out to all business owners and staff at this time. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for that. That's a kind text on your behalf, Mary. Thank you. 1850 This is Cork Today. Cork Today. With Patricia Messenger on C103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Quickly go to some of your texts that are coming in. This is Sandy. It's easy to criticise Neffet and the government, but both are in between a rock and a hard place. They both have solid reasons for doing what they do and what they suggest. But it's years of having a poorly financially managed health service and recent cutbacks that is now hitting services and finances for coping with inadequate ICU and pre-isolation units. Hospital vomiting bug showed the need for isolation facility requirements at hospitals pre-admittance. It's standard in most EU countries but here patients can be admitted while suffering from conditions that require isolation and what happens they go on to affect others. That's from uh, Sandy. Mag said so what's the alternative Few people remember World War Two. We have relative freedom since knuckle down, folks, says uh, Mags. Um, hi, Patricia. Can you imagine asking people to sit outside for their meal or a pint this morning? It makes no sense saying the pubs and the restaurants are open when they're only allowed to seat 15 people outside. It's pouring with rain and the forecast for today certainly isn't great. And John says some 
country publicans didn't enforce social distancing according to John they left GAA players and supporters go mad in villages right across the county and someone else says has anybody thought that if the government went to level 5 there would be uproar when they announced the budget next week the rumour mills are saying will be going to level 4 after the budget also have the GAA done a U-turn and are now allowing matches within the county they should be ashamed of themselves after the behaviour of some of the clubs at the weekend it's all about money with them according to this texter if they warned clubs before the weekend what they would what are they doing to punish those clubs are they fining them actually why would they fine them they could fine them out of the millions they got from the uh, government someone who I take it is not a fan of the GAA okay that is some of the texts coming in lots of calls coming in as well including uh, Joe Joe from Joseph Byrne from Joe's uh, hair salon in Glasheen joins me morning to you Joe Good morning, Patricia. Now, How are you uh, in this mad, mad time? In these mad worlds in which we live. Okay, a move, a move to level three. Can we get this out there? Because we've had so many people contact us to say, are the hairdressers open? Yes, hairdressers, beauticians, all allowed to open under level three. Usual restrictions in place. Had it been level five, though, Joe, I'd be having a different conversation with you today. Oh, totally, Patricia. There's a sigh of relief in one way because we're open and we're able to fulfil all our commitments and appointments and things like that for the next few weeks. But having said that, um, I do think it's going to head on to level five eventually. You know what I mean? I have a when feeling the, that. When the, uh, the rumour mill started on Sunday and the word went out that Neffert wanted level five, did that, did that put the fear of God into you? Oh, jeez, stomach um, in, in, in rolling straight away. And not only that, my phone started to ring. Customers started to ring. I might won't be okay for... Tuesday, Wednesday for my appointments, things like that. Up to yesterday, up to last night, I think, Patricia, I was on the phone up to 10 o'clock. And then when we realised we were going to be open, we were still confirming appointments and things like that. My staff were very concerned. Um, you know, it, it was like I had some inside information, but like everybody else, I didn't know what was happening. It was a limbo of it all. It was just, you know, um, I would have been shocked, absolutely shocked if we went into phase five so quickly it, it, it would have been diabolical and so you dodged a little bit of notice you dodged a bullet at the moment but are, are you now still in kind of limbo wondering when when and if level five could happen well there are two things um, Patricia you see Christmas for no one in the salon is very busy stock wise you know what I mean I'd be getting in a lot of retail um, thousands of euros worth of stuff that I wouldn't be paying for yet at all, of course, on credit. So do I get that in? I've got some in already. Am I going to sell the stuff there all during Christmas up to next year? Do you know what I mean? Am I yeah. going to have money on their shelves instead of in the bank paying bills? Um, that's a big concern of mine, how to do the stock order. Secondly, you know, will we be making appointments? Will we be getting ready for Christmas? You know, Christmas is such an amazing time for me, as you know, with selection boxes and everything. None of that this year. Um, for, for, you know, for the homeless, can't have the homeless in as we normally would. And then, Patricia, I'm afraid and I've an awful feeling we're going to be closed down for Christmas. And if that happens, that's going to be diabolical. I'd rather be closed down now for three weeks and saying we're definitely going to be open for Christmas and full steam ahead, you know what I mean? But you can't go from day to day, Patricia, you know what I mean? It, it, it's It's very uncertain. I've heard exactly what you've said there. I've heard from other, particularly small business people who, when they looked at what Neffert was suggesting and saying, OK, well, if you could guarantee us at the end of the three weeks, at the end of the month, we'll be back up and running and we'll be OK for Christmas. 
there were a lot of business people will agree with you and say we'd suck it up for the month of October so that we could get November and December. But now you are in limbo. I think limbo is a good word to use because you don't know what the future holds. We are, and you see now we're going to have a little bit of panicking as well already. My phone is ringing, can you fit me in, can you fit me in, can you fit me in before we're locked down. No people are expecting to be locked down and want everything done beforehand. So it's going to be feast or famine, you know what I mean? I know, and I know. Again, we can only have so many in, Patricia, you know what I mean? I have the same amount of staff to pay, but very, very few customers. And Joe, how, how has it been going for you at Joe's Hair Salon? It's been very, very difficult, Patricia, in one way. Now, it's great to be back, but the soul and the heart and the joy is gone from us. There is no bit of banter, you know, Mary and me, um, and like type thing, have a cup of coffee, read the paper, you're, you're separating the customers from come in, they can see a car, uh, you know, a neighbour or something like that, they're going over to talk to them. I said, you can't do that, sorry. There's no cup of tea, there's no cup of coffee, there's no bit of banter. You know, you might have a lady that will come in and a husband would be picking her up at half eleven. And she'll give my buzz now. I mean, no, so you have to give my buzz now. He has to pick up on the tosh at half eleven. Oh, that's alien to us, you know, know. because it's not that type of a salon. We're very much community salon and especially with the, I got criticised once for saying the older people. So I said, especially for the mature... um, Mature ladies, yeah. Yeah, exactly, because... They're confused. They come in, they, you know, they can't breathe half them and they're trying to wear the mask. They're down getting their hair washed and they're trying to look up. And, jeez, my heart to be breaking. Absolutely, Patricia. And very much, it's been a very, very tough year. It, it, I don't know, and I was hoping we'd be able to go in for Christmas and have a bit of a buzz and have a bit of a laugh. That's not going to happen, you know. And it, it, it's hard to have a conversation with a mask on, isn't it? It's all. Patricia should be in my place. It's hilarious if you had a secret camera. Now, someone is talking while the dryer's on and they're talking to me quietly, so I haven't to clear up to not the dryer. <laughs> but my thing, we are up to the mouth, right? Yeah. <laughs> and hear what they're saying and back again and then just laugh again. And by the time the blow dries, then I'd have had a full head of mesh done. <laughs> but it's, it's great fun, but it, it, it is sad. And you see, everything is kind now. Patricia, you, you you have to have the person out by half eleven for the other person in. Before I could have done your colour, say for instance, and while your colour was sitting, I could be doing another colour or a cush. None of that now. I've waited till your colour is done. You have to go for the next person to come in, you know. What mm, I mean? mm. And all the girls are kind of overlapping. We can't I don't mean the girls over we can't overlap, but we're doing twelve hour shifts, things like that, just to get people in. When I went back first, um Patricia, I was walking at twelve o'clock at night. I do some poor creators here and sure all they're doing is going back to bed again. I know, but just to get it done, I remember that panic at the start. Okay, And this... also, Patricia, for people to feel safe, you have yeah. people now come in and I say, look, come in to me at 11 o'clock, there'll be nobody in the salon, the place will be all sanitised, it'll be grand, you know. That's very important too, that people come in and feel safe. It is. And it is. just before you go, Patricia, I would just say for people to shop local, though, to keep keep their local shop, either be a supermarket, hairdresser, printers, all these people, to, you know, to shop local, buy vouchers, my retail from your, your local shop. Yeah, and I know the bigger stores are there and the bigger multinationals and I know they employ local people, um, you know, and, and spend a few bob there. But if you could, sp- if we could all start moving some of exactly, our Patricia, yeah. euros like to, to the small independent now. stores. Yeah, I go to my local printer now and when I get in the signage done and all things, I really constantly now try to go to, well you know, buy well vouchers done. in a restaurant. If I'm buying a present for someone now, I'll buy that. Well done, well done. Listen, you look it's after well yourself, done. okay? I've got to selecting these drinks. Um, or not just, just the selection boxes for Christmas. 
Okay, we'll, keep we'll, that in mind. we'll talk again close to the time. You Bye, mind yourself. Darling. God bless. God bless. That is uh, Joseph from uh, Joe's uh, Hair Salon in Glasheen. Who do, I mean, they, they're just in, they do the most amazing acts of kindness from a hairdressing salon they really are uh, great okay but hairdressers remain open just to get that message out to people as well so to stop because hairdressers are under enough pressure without people ringing are you open they are open okay some of your whatsapps coming in morning Patricia uh, here we all are blessed with another day of life and able to smile Covid yes it's bad but not as bad as the famine are being bombed or shot at every day and every night for years are we really crying poor old us having to wear a mask having to wash our hands and having to keep our distance Maybe the answer is to stop moaning, thinking how hard done by we are and compare this to the real horrors going on worldwide and the horrors of the past and for people who were to live through various world wars. We need to come together, support each other and do what is asked to save lives and move forward to a better time. And that's from Jill. Well done, Jill. Keep up that positivity. Hi, Patricia. I know the first story communities and the confirmations are cancelled. Could you tell me, please, what about christenings? Are they also cancelled? And that comes in from a concerned uh, parent. Yes, I would assume christenings are cancelled as well because as of midnight tonight, all religious services must go online and churches can only open for private prayer. So we'll be back to the way it was in lockdown where you can go to a church. They open various times during the day and that will that operates uh, between different churches and all of the other services move online. So all services moving online. So that's all of your masses, your christenings, well, christenings and confirmations. They just won't do it. And christenings uh, as well. Check in with your local priest. But I'm assuming, yes, that christenings have been cancelled as well. Patricia, the big wake up call to everyone. If everyone, this is a big wake up call to everyone. If everybody knuckles down, stick to the restrictions and try and bring the numbers down. If they don't, we'll all be at level five before we know it. We can do this. And we can also prove that Michal Martin made the right decision. So it's a kind of a collective. We all need to get together on this one. John and Carrigaline says, Patricia, the majority of people in the country agree with Tony Houlihan by recommending. Level 5 lockdown. But the, this is John's view. The three blind mice in government decided to give him the two fingers. Shame on them for gambling with human life. They're only kicking the can down the road. It's only a matter of weeks and we will all be in lockdown. We will be all in level fly, five. Don't forget to thank the BlackRock GAA supporters for robbing us of sport for the next few months. They have a lot to answer for. Maybe they will reflect on their selfishness in lockdown. <sighs> There's harsh words. That's coming in from John in Clonakilty. Uh, Michael in Castletown Bear. One thing that is certainly very clear after last night, nobody can be any doubt as to who is running this country. Tony Houlihan and co might have thought that they were, as did many more, but they were told in no uncertain terms that they're not, and rightly so. Neffet is there to offer their advice to government not to govern this country, as are many more agencies. Last night, Leo Varadkar cut loose with fury as both he, Michal Martin and Eamon Ryan's leadership was being determined by Neffet. By, sorry, being undermined by Neffet. If leadership was ever shown, it was shown by Leo Varadkar, backed up by solid tactics for the country 
overall. That's from Michael in Castletown. Bear, another listener, close the off licences. Oh, and closing, closing the off licence. What about the people that enjoy a glass of wine on a Friday or Saturday night? It would not be fair to penalise them, says this texter. Now, this person says, I really don't understand why people are blaming off licences. I don't drink, but my wife does like a glass of wine after finishing work for the week on a Friday night, as do a lot of others. If parties are the problem, then put a maximum amount on what you can buy say four cans of beer or one bottle of wine. By far the biggest groups of people I know around here are school children. They might not get it so bad, but they will certainly pass it on. This pandemic is only showing how fragile a system based on economy, how fragile that should be societies based on economy is it might be a good time to think about changing that but I expect there are a few very super rich people in the world who would have something to say about that and certainly might not agree with it. 1850 John Paul and Sadie are taking your uh, calls you can text our WhatsApp to 0862103103 and Mag says Hi Patricia hope you're well tell Joseph who's just gone off the line unfortunately hang on in there he's a pure gentleman we will be in for a sing song even if it has to be outside the window and that's signed by Mags from the High Hopes Choir oh well what a fantastic choir and how fabulous Joseph has been to everybody involved with the High Hopes Choir stay stay safe Mags and thanks for your WhatsApp C103 Jobs A plant hire and civil engineering company based in Glanmire looking for experienced 360 degree track machine driver. You need to have a C licence. Coffee Super Value in Bandon. They're looking for a fresh food trainee. While people wanted for roofing and labouring. Also apprentice wanted that's for work in Canturk. And Glenmar Shellfish, they're based in Union Hall. They're recruiting a full-time shop assistant. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 86 103 And somebody is on wondering about visiting to Cork University Hospital. Visiting at the moment is from half six to half seven and is wondering will that continue through level three. John Paul is checking it out for us now because I know visiting is certainly off for residential nursing for nursing homes and people who are in residential care because we've all already heard from a mother uh, whose daughter is in residential care and she's absolutely heartbreak heartbroken because she won't be able to get to see her daughter for three weeks and visit, visits have been suspended for long-term residential care facilities nursing and care homes um, that's obviously except on compassionate uh, grounds uh, so we'll find out about Cork University Hospital so stay with us on that what about mass Patricia is that gone for the next four weeks yeah all mass Today will be the last day for midnight. Tonight, all masses will revert to back online the way it was during lockdown. Churches will open for private prayer only and you'll need to check in with your local church to find out what time the church is actually open at. But masses all go online for the next three weeks. Now, I just want to move on 
to a completely different issue because West Cork Independent Councillor Declan Hurley has called on council officials to reinstate recycling facilities in Dunmanway. They ceased to operate six months ago. That was actually back in the very, very early days of COVID-19 restrictions. Councillor Declan Hurley uh, joins me. Good morning to you, Declan. Good morning, Patricia. I suppose go back to over six months ago now and remind us why the council were forced to close the recycling centre in Dunmanway. Well, as everyone knows, Patricia, um, all civil uh, community sites and bring sites closed due to the, the COVID uh, restrictions. And then gradually um, the restrictions began to, to lift and they be the civil mini sites and bring sites started to provide a service again. But that wasn't the case in Dunmanway because um, even though it reopened for uh, bottle and can recycling, the paper, cardboard and plastic service um, did not return because uh, we were told at the time um, that the Cork County Council were not able to provide um, uh, proper um, safety measures for staff because given the small area that it is, they couldn't provide proper social distancing uh, for staff. But the problem being um, is that the demand site is unsupervised and the real problem was is that up until the lockdown, um, the paper, cardboard and plastic recycling was being contaminated, being misused by the public um, and the the company that was providing the service withdrew their service and um, therefore that's why the service did not return after the, the lockdown. And that's the main reason, isn't it? It's the contamination. The main reason, yes. Unfortunately, um, as I said before, there was uh, the, the recycling was contaminated, therefore it had to go into landfill, uh, which defeats the purpose completely. But there was um, all sorts of um, items that shouldn't be in their household, domestic refuse uh, put in there. And um, for that reason, the service provider said that they, it was costing them money um, to go through and try and uh, uncontaminate it. And they just said uh, they weren't prepared to provide a service into the future. Was the Bantry site closed for the same reason? The one in Bantry? Uh, Bantry, a little bit different in the sense that that was operating from a kind of a public car park area and there was an issue of safety uh, around the uh, the mobile that was coming in there on a weekly basis. Um, so that was kind of slightly different. Again, it hasn't been resolved, uh, but again, it was um, not uh, the same grounds that the demand one has been affected. So when you raised this issue at council level, what response did you get? Any plans to bring back the recycling facilities? Well, we were for months and months at, at various meetings, at municipal district meetings and, and divisional meetings looking for updates uh, as to when we could expect to have the service back. And uh, eventually, last Monday week, at the, the Western Division meeting, the um, Director of the Environment uh, gave a, a report. Um, and it wasn't a very positive one, I'm sorry to say to your listeners. Um, and the only way at the moment that the service will be returned to Demandway is it has to move from an unsupervised uh, service to a supervised service and therein lies the, the complications. That's going to have an added cost of 35000 per year uh, to provide a staff member uh, to supervise the um, the service and to add to that um, there's going to have to be a fifty to 100000 of capital cost to be done to rearrange the layout uh, in order to pr- provide um, safety measures for that staff member who's going to be in there on a more regular basis and um, <clears throat> sorry as, as you know Patricia and your listeners at this stage um, Cork County Council uh, is facing into a very bleak 2021 with a, as the Chief Executive has described it a slash and burn budget um, and for us as members to, at this stage to come up with uh, that level of, um, of, of costs um, it, it's not it's going to happen, happen. It's, not, it's not going to happen where's the nearest recycling centre then for the good people of Dunmanway? 
Um, at the moment, it's either Bandon, Clonakilty, Skibbereen, or Macroom. Obviously, Bandon and, and Clon would be probably the more the more obvious ones that we would use. Um, but again, uh, at the moment, from tonight, we're moving into level three uh, restrictions again. Are we going to go to level four or five? Therefore, are we going to have restrictions in how we travel? So, is it going to be possible for people from the Manway to use mm. the abandoned facility of Skibreen? That's a good uh, point. That's, that's right. good point. Could you install CCTV to try to get the, there, people there, to stop contamination of these sites? Yeah, there is already CCTV uh, in place in the site in the Manway, but again, it's not being it's not being monitored. It's a recording service, but again because people were so um, innovative when they were uh, contaminating the, the, the this, by the time the staff get around to seeing uh, someone misusing the service the damage has been done the recycling has been contaminated and it has to go into landfill This uh, is the one dirty nappies wasn't it concealed in black nappies, plastic bags and plastic, then put it Yes uh, Oh red, uh, God it's so frustrating uh, potato peelings and skin pe- so veg food and veg peelings. So um, it, it's unfortunate. The, the local people in Dumanway are very upset. They're angry, um, and, and they should be because we've seen over the years the likes of say yes, Banton, Clonakilty, Skibreen, uh, Macroom. They've all had this capital investment in their uh, civic community sites, but Dumanway hasn't had that, and and, and now they're being uh, shortchanged from the point of view of this service is, is being withdrawn because um, the. The standards there cannot be uh, brought up to what that's required uh, for COVID. So uh, even though like, we, we welcome the report, at least now we know where we stand and what we're facing. But the, the fact that there's no money there, we have no return to, to, to improve the system in demand to return the service. So um, I, I can't say to you this morning or to your listeners uh, when the, the pay for cardboard and plastic service is going to return to Dunmanway. And I've seen myself uh, the amount of... Um, uh, I suppose illegal dumping that's taking place now, um, maybe not solely because of the manway, but again, um, it is more evident uh, around the countryside that there is dumping taking place and there is a certain amount of burning as well too. So, And it's unfortunate because we had a lot of groundwork done, I suppose, to get people to come around to the idea of recycling um, and, and being more environmentally friendly and this now just flies in the face of all that uh, and people have nowhere to go to recycle their, their plastics or their, um, their their cardboard or paper so um, it, it's just an unfortunate situation um, and again the council did try to acquire a, a second contract to come in and provide the service as it was being provided but um, nobody was willing to take it up on a, on a trust basis. Well, not uh, if it's going to be it's going to be contaminated because that's a no. cost then to, no. to the company. Introducing a charge to the public would, has that been looked at? Is that a possibility? Well, certainly yes. I suppose to recoup some of the cost that it's going to cost to get the manway back up and running again. But I think looking at the bigger picture going forward and uh, trying to pass a budget um, in a few weeks' time for next year, I think we are, as a local authority, going to have to relook at how we do uh, provide our uh, recycling services around the county. And there probably will have to be at some stage an increase and people will have to pay uh, because as as a local authority, we can't afford to keep providing this business at, at a loss because this is providing a service but it's also being provided at a loss to the local authority of significant millions, I might add. And at this stage, we're going to have to start to see where we can recoup some of that money. And yes, unfortunately, the public probably will have to start paying. But I think the people will pay something that they can afford, provided that they are getting a proper service for what they are paying. Yeah, and yet people will say, well, what do we pay our local property tax? Shouldn't that be what the local property tax? And actually, when you're talking about what a tough year it's going to be for Cork County Council, is there justification that maybe the local property tax could have gone up by more than the 7.5% to get in extra money for the council? 
Well, yes, that, that argument was made on the day before we took the vote on the on the increase of the of the two and a half percent on last year. Uh, but like at the end of the day, I, I think we need to look in house and see where we can start make uh, make our own uh, cost savings um, as as a business. Um, but I think it, it would be unfair at this stage um, to I think add extra cost uh, onto the general public out there. Um, I've, I've said before, um, I think it's, it's the, the government, our local government fund, has been slashed um, over the last number of years. This local property tax was was, was being used as a, just a means to get extra money into local authorities. And, and therefore gave the government the opportunity not to give uh, the allocation they were giving. So I think the, the LP, increasing it to provide a service, I think, is wrong because, again, not every, this is only a very small proportion uh, of what uh, people would expect to get from an LPT increase. And I, I, I don't think it warrants um, having a further increase on that. Yeah, and even the little bit that the local property tax did go up by has caused, I know when we discussed it here on the radio, it's caused huge anger and, and huge, huge concern for people who are out of work because of COVID-19 and let's remember as of midnight tonight there will be tens of thousands of people in, in the hospitality sector and you're in an area of West Cork where there's a lot of people working in the hospitality sector who will wake up tomorrow morning with no job at least for the next three weeks. Absolutely. It's a tough I time. Certainly, it is a tough time and I think we have to try and certainly put our shoulders to win for the coming number of months and try and get over this winter but I think certainly we won't see the real true effect of, of what has happened this year uh, financially, even even on the business front, until maybe this time next year. Because, uh, again, we came into this in, in a strong um, economic um, platform to kind of deal with it. But now the economy has taken such a hit. And the fact we're going in now to, again, to another possible more severe lockdown, um, we're not um, as strong as we were the first time around. And I thought, ultimately, I can understand uh, the government in making the decision it, it took yesterday but at the end of the day we need a health system going forward we're coming into a very uh, in the winter time where we're going to need and require a health service um, and I think I think yes you can argue both sides of from Neffet and from the government uh, but I think perhaps maybe a, a short sharp lockdown would have been better um, and just maybe take the hit for um, three or four weeks and try and get back up again and running for kind of maybe try and hit the Christmas market at least the businesses would have that at least but at the moment if we keep dipping in and out of, of, of different levels uh, this is going to be a long protracted drawn out process and I don't think the economy can stick that long term whereas maybe a more short and um, sharp uh, lockdown might be better managed and might have a better outcome going forward. Well, we're certainly hearing from a lot of small businesses and we just heard with uh, Joseph, the hairdresser from Clashine. It's, it's that uncertainty that people, yeah. they're, they're in limbo. Was I think it was a good word that he used. The, the businesses don't know where they're going. They literally don't know where. And it's very hard to plan when you don't know if I'm buying in stock for next month. If I pay for it today, uh, is it going to be left sitting on my shelf next month when I need money in the bank to pay for an electricity bill that might come in? Very, very difficult. OK, before we let you go, uh, Declan, I know there was a council meeting yesterday you raised uh, an an, in, an issue that I think some of our listeners will 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 be interested in it's excessive speed on the Bantry Road in Dunmanway what's going on there yeah the, the Bantry Road is the road you take for leaving Dunmanway town centre heading for uh, for Bantry on the R586 it's the road that leads out past the, the new swimming pool and residents there um, of, of recent times um, have I suppose contacted me and, and other members in relation to the excessive speeding that takes place on that stretch road it's a very long and a very straight stretch of road. And um, it, unfortunately, um, one 
uh, residents um, highlighted to me there recently that um, they, there is a speed activation sign um, already on that road and one day it is a 50 kilometre speed zone and the speed activation sign clocked 85 kilometres an hour which is re- ridiculous in, in, a, in a built up area so um, the, the local residents uh, for the last number of weeks have taken to the streets and they've collected 361 signatures um, and they were presented yesterday to Cork County Council on foot of our motion that we put down to uh, a call on Cork County Council to introduce additional traffic calming measures on um, that on that stretch of road uh, and as well to just, uh, I suppose, encourage the, the local Gardaí to, again, enforce the speed limits. But it, it is a problem at the moment uh, and I think it's reckless and careless for anybody to be exceeding uh, a speed limit in the built-up area but clocking um, 85 kilometres an hour is, uh, is uncalled for and the residents are concerned and unfortunately... Uh, a number of family pets um, have been lost on that road just due to the excessive speed. And um, look, a family pet is a family pet, but God forbid any uh, it's person, a child, like yeah. or else, just, yeah. uh, does doesn't bear thinking about. Doesn't bear thinking about. And it's just scary. Just it one scary. quick question in from a listener on prop, or local property tax. Does Declan know when is the next date or time that one can recalculate the house value that dictates one's local property tax rate? Well, you caught me on that one. I do know, I think the moment the Minister, I think it was due to take place um, around now, but I think the Minister has deferred that. Because um, we're still I, we're still working off the very first... We are. Yeah. We are, yes. Yeah, and I think that was due to be looked at at uh, around now, but I think given the fact that we are in the in the climate we're in, um, the Minister has asked for that to be deferred. He has um, deferred it, but I think perhaps now we'll be next year. But to, to, to answer the question for your listener, I sorry, okay. I can't. So okay. I have the answer okay, we'll try and find out. Listen, in the meantime, Declan, thank you for that, and thanks for joining us on the programme. Thanks, Patricia. Take care. Good morning to you. Bye-bye. That is uh, West Cork uh, Councillor Declan Hurley. Uh, Simi on our C103 Facebook page on phase, moving to phase three. Simi says, phase three is a good decision made by the government. Closing down the country is not going to help us. This virus is going nowhere for a long time. If only people would adhere to the restrictions and cop on. Quarantine if you're positive, quarantine if you're a close contact, self-isolate. We would not have gone into phase three if people had abided by those uh, rules. Closing down an off-licence now, how will that help when people have access to buy alcohol from supermarkets? Anyway, anyone who is found having or attending a house party should be fined. End of story. And you're, Simi, thank you for that. You're not the only person suggesting that. We need better enforcement. We know with the Gardaí, it's going to be extra Gardaí on the beat, but they need better enforcement if that needs bringing in legislation so that they can enforce fines. And a lot of people are saying, so be it. You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. Due to COVID-19 restrictions, all non-elite athletes took part in the 40th London Marathon last weekend by running remotely, picking their own 26.2-mile course. An estimated 45,000 participants logged their progress on the app to make their times official, including Joanna Riddle, who completed the virtual London City Marathon on Bear Island and Joanna joins me this morning. Good morning to you, Joanna. Good morning, Patricia. How are you? Well, I'm very well. Firstly, congratulations uh, to you. How did the marathon go for you last Sunday? 
It was fantastic. I thought the weather was going to be quite bad, obviously, with the forecast predicted, but it was actually fantastic. I started at four o'clock in the morning and the weather kind of held off. There was no kind of rain towards, probably a little bit towards the end, but it was brilliant. It was nice running conditions and everything. Why did you, why did you aim to start at 4 a.m. in the morning? I actually wanted to get back to actually watch the race itself on TV. Um, so <laughs> I just kind of get it out really, you know, fast and then just come home and watch the race then. So what was what was your final time? Um, it was 5.04, but the actual app was out of by 15 minutes. So a lot of runners kind of found that it could be something to do with the phones being old or something like that. But a lot of runners just found the app just out by a few seconds or a few minutes. But it was actually a very good app in fairness to use. Now, Bear Island isn't the biggest place. How, how do you plan the route of 26.2 miles? I kind of did a lot of my training throughout the year. I did a lot of virtual kind of, you know, um, ultras and kind of um, marathon distance, kind of like just kind of planning it around. Um, so I just kind of did a lot of loops and kind of knew these loops and knew exactly what kind of mileage was for, you know, finishing those loops. So I just put the whole lot together and then I just had to change a little bit of the route towards the end because I was actually going to go up the whole year across and down the back but I thought that's quite dangerous at night time so I thought no just do a different route altogether but it worked out perfect Is there something quite special about running starting a run in the dark and then obviously you watch the sunrise It was quite special because when I actually started it was like the kind of the moon was fairly full beautiful starry night and when the moon went behind the clouds it's like the torch had just switched off so I actually did need to use my own head torch itself it was just literally running the marathon in the moonlight. So as I say, when the moon went behind the clouds, it's just like, oh my God, something just like switched off the light. And then when it came out over the clouds, it just like the light came back on again. So it was quite, you know, magical. It's quite spectacular. And it's just very nice and quiet. And I didn't meet anybody obviously on the road at that time or any cars. <laughs> that's pretty perfect. No <laughs> surprise there, time. Joanna. Sorry? No surprise there that you didn't meet anyone no. at 4 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> is is it harder, though, to run a marathon on your own than in, you know, a lot, I mean, if you've been running that in London City with all the other 40-odd thousand, the atmosphere must be incredible at a big event like that. It is like any kind of big marathon event that you've got the spectators. They always get you around the course. Um, it's great fun, you know, seeing their kind of little banners and so forth. But kind of running the 26 miles in a row in obviously the dark and any time of the day, it's quite, you know, it's mental endurance. It's not really the physical endurance because you're trying to train up to it. It's actually the mental endurance. So you've just been, you know, you've got to keep going. You've got to keep battling it on. So I did an ultra marathon there back two years ago of 64K. Again, it just all came into it, the mental endurance. And a lot of ultra runners were saying that it is all about the kind of. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The mental, you know, your mental, kind of, you've got to get through this. Your mind is saying, no, you know, you're going to give up, but no, you just keep battling on. And you, did you have anybody to help you out? I'm thinking with water breaks, food breaks. No, I just had them in the ditches. I just had my little bottles hidden in the ditches, so I knew exactly <laughs> at certain mile markers. I had my water bottle, so I just had a drink out of that, and I just carried on. Well done, well done. And yeah. you made Sky News. I did, yes. So <laughs> it was quite interesting. Obviously, my sister, she's on the Twitter, so they just got in contact with my sister, and I said, sure, why not? So it was kind of nice. It's a nice way to highlight the island as well. Fantastic, yeah. Yeah, probably the first marathon to do on the island, so it's kind of nice. Great Be- kind of because people did it all. O- I mean, obviously, all over the United Kingdom, people were running, but the people ran in different parts of the world as well. They did. Well, it was actually globally. So, and I know Boston, Chicago, and New York—they've gone to virtual as well. They kind of Abbott Majors as well as London. So it was really nice to see a lot of people, kind of you know, where they actually did their running and so forth. And you had a great running group on Facebook as well. So it was really nice and supportive as well. So have you completed many virtual runs this year? Um, I've done quite a few. I think I've done about nearly about eight virtual kind of distances altogether of different kind of, um, you know, like one was like 500k and then I did the Great Tennessee one that was like 3000k. So it just kind of kept the whole mojo, kept the training up as well. Because I had quite a few marathons that I was hopefully to do this year, but obviously with COVID-19 that was put on hold and see what happens next year. And you were you were due obviously to do the London one this this year, were you? Yeah, April. That's right. And then it was postponed to October fourth, and then it went to obviously cancelled, and then it went to virtual. Yeah. And what other ones were you due to do? I was due to run the Berlin and New York City marathon, so they'll be on next year. So they're being rolled over to next year, and then I'll do the London marathon in twenty twenty two. And I'm assuming you always do the Dublin one, do you? I do. I love the Dublin one. I think that's just brilliant. That's my first marathon, and it's very special as well. I think it's always nice to go back to where you did your first marathon and it's great spectators. When did you take up marathon running? I took it up in 2016 and yeah, so I started the training back is it springtime of 2016 of the year that was in it. And can you remember why? I just think it was just like, the, you know, 2016, 1916, so it's a nice kind of, you know, medal and so forth and I thought, sure, why not give it a whack and see how things go. Because I had knee surgery there in 2015 and I kind of really enjoyed the running up to then. And then I said, no, I want to continue the running, even though the surgeon said, no, take up cycling, which didn't really appeal to me. <laughs> so then I just kind of took up and that was it. And I just did the first marathon. Then I signed up to the second one, which was San Francisco, which is spectacular. And then I did Galway and then I've done a few others since then. So you've a, you've a, a big love of marathon running, obviously, now. I have about over 10 marathons now. And well then done. So, yeah, it's brilliant. Recommend it to anyone. It's Would a you? Great yeah. And during lockdown and all of that, I mean, you've been, you're, you're, you're living on Bear Island. Has That's running right. been almost your saving grace? It has. And I used to do a bit of swimming then when the weather was lovely and warm. So mostly it was kind of running, a bit of swimming, 
but yeah, it was just literally, I had the kind of park run on my doorstep, so I was literally just doing that every day, and then just running up and down to the island and all over the place, so I found new places that I never knew existed on the island, so it was great. Well done, well done. So what's, what's your next run then? The next one will be the Dublin Virtual and uh, the Snowdonia Marathon. Again, I was due to run the Snowdonia Marathon, so that again went to... Um, postponed to cancel to virtual so I'll be doing the Dublin and the Snowdonia on Bear Island again okay. Well good luck and if anybody sees you give, give Joanne a, wa- a wave and will you, <laughs> you you mightn't be out so early in the morning the next time <laughs> Exactly <Okay. laughs> Listen well done well done and congratulations to you it's a great Thank achievement you so much, Thanks Thank for you. joining us uh, Bye bye that is uh, Joanna Riddle uh, joining us from Bear Island having completed only person to uh, we think on certainly on an Irish island to complete the virtual London Marathon for 2020 This is Court Today Court Today with Patricia Messenger on C103 Court's greatest hits C103 had a report in asking people to avoid the Drimalig to Skibbereen Road. There's been an accident in Borough Villa and the traffic has been turned back in both directions. So please avoid Drimalig to Skibbereen Road. Now, lots of calls and texts coming in, but there was a great WhatsApp that came in. Uh, this is really, I've seen this before, but it's very, very relevant with everything that's going on today with people saying, that the, we've gone into this lockdown because the majority of people are abiding by the rules and regulations but you'll always have the food, they'll always have the minority the aegis who think they know it all and who are never going to abide by rules and re- regulations so this is something it's doing the rounds on Facebook and it's kind of a coronavirus lesson of sorts. It's a, a picture that was taken during the Second World War and it's a picture of a soldier carrying a donkey through a field. This is like a black and white uh, photograph. Now it's not that the soldier loves donkeys or that the animal was injured and he was trying to get him somewhere safe or that he couldn't walk himself. The story was that what was happening in the picture was that the particular field was full of landmines and that if the donkey was free to wander as it pleased, it would likely detonate one of the landmines and it would kill everyone, it would kill all of the soldiers around. So the moral of the particular picture and the moral of the story is that during difficult times, the first ones you have to keep under control are the jackasses who don't understand the danger and do as they please. And I think that certainly there is a coronavirus lesson in that. Thank you to, uh, I don't know what, uh, there's no name on the listener who sent that in, but uh, thank you. I had seen it before and it is very, very relevant for the times that we are living in for sure. Okay, just let me quick look at the other WhatsApps that are in. Lockdowns are stupid says this texture. It's a short term fix. What happens after the three weeks are up? Learning to adapt and live with this COVID-19 is what the powers that be should be focusing on. The argument against yo-yoing in and out of uh, lockdowns. West Cork listener says Patricia, if level three isn't working for Dublin and for Donegal, how is it going to work for the rest of the country? Level five for a few weeks will save lives. If people die from COVID, there'll be no customers for the pubs or any of the shops. That's my West Cork uh, listener. Owen says, many of you listeners seem to believe that if we suppress the virus and lock down hard, 
the virus will simply go away and she will all be safe. But that is not the case. It only ends when we develop immunity. How do we develop immunity? It'll either be through infection or vaccination. This should be our focus while protecting the very vulnerable. Otherwise, it will drag on for ages with all of the associated problems and we are never going to move on from where we are at the moment. Hi, we'll leave that one for a moment. Hi, Patricia. I think we have to rethink society and the difficulties it brings to each and every one with or without the coronavirus. They say the definition of madness is doing the same thing over and over again and getting the same result. We must change society and we must change its belief system and that will make it fair for all. And that's uh, from Martin in Enniskeen. You are a wise man today, Michael. Thank you for that. And another listener says, Morning, Trisha. Just wondering, what has happened to the COVID tracker app? How many actually downloaded it? Let me look at my tracker app now and I'll be able to tell you. Sorry, it's going to buzz here on top of the screen. Tracker app, doesn't it say at the start? I'll tell him I've got, I have no symptoms. I don't have any symptoms. Does it say how many um, people were on the tracker app? I think it's, 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 it's certainly gone over a million. It's like something at one, 1.4 1.5 million uh, it's a lot of people anyway it's certainly well over a million uh, people downloaded it anyway the listener is wondering about it uh, how many are still using it <laughs> says she I just pressed it there and I haven't I don't know when I last uh, checked in what percentage of those have actually been contacted through the tracker app why has there been so little promotion of it surely this is extremely useful and an important part of our armour along with the hand washing and the social distancing etc etc it is far too easy to be an innocent carrier of this dreadful disease well lo and behold there's actually an article in the paper about the tracker app and I haven't heard much about the tracker app but I mem- I was thinking about this last week. I was trying to, I certainly don't personally, don't know anyone that was contacted through the tracker app to say you have been a close contact. Now, I know of people who have been contacted to say they've been a close contact, but that's because somebody tested COVID-19 possible, positive and then gave the name of their close contacts for the previous 48 hours. I think it's gone back to 14 days now. But I, hand on heart, don't know of anyone who got contact traced because of the COVID app. So I would be interested. Let me put it out there. Do you know anyone who was contacted or, or do you know, did you hear of somebody who got contacted directly because of the tracker app? But there's a piece in the paper today saying that doubts have been cast over the efficiency of the COVID tracker app. Now, it's emerged that one user received a close contact notification nine days after the contact occurred. Now, that isn't good news because if you've met, if you've been in contact with somebody who has COVID-19 and the app picks up nine days later, you could be walking around with COVID-19 for nine days. The woman in question is based in the west of Ireland. She was notified of her close contact on the 29th of September. She received a test the following day and luckily she was declared negative on the 1st of October. Her son, however, who was with her during the earlier excursion she made on September the 20th, does not have the tracker app. The woman's GP said too long had passed for a test to be of any use and then declined to refer him for a test. And in tracing and testing terms, three days is considered the limit for which the process of contact tracing can prove useful in suppressing the uh, virus. Uh, anyway, the the, they're saying that, in that that's pointing out now maybe that's just one particular case maybe others have been contacted on time I don't know but we are all told 
to download it. There was a recent update to the app and it saw the removal of the percentage of people self-identifying as having no symptoms, uh, a figure that had been hovering between 98 and 100% of the time. Uh, users do not express an interest in maintaining this information, said one person, so that's why they, they've tried to uh, remove that. But we are all still encouraged to, if you haven't downloaded to download it and you're meant to check in every day. It is good, it is good though for the different cases, you know, you can look and see, you know, what going on like what's happening in the last 24 hours and so you get the national picture as well which is worrying when you look when you tap into the national picture and you look at the information for Cork because we've been doing so well but like for example it does give good information in that the last 24 hours nine people were admitted to hospital now good news 11 people were, were discharged we've 150 people confirmed as having COVID-19 in hospital. Intensive care, two people went into intensive care in the last 24 hours. One was discharged. We now have 24 people with COVID-19 in intensive care, which is a really, really worrying figure. Let me look at Cork while I'm here. Cork, it's just kind of depresses me when I look at Cork because when you look back, it'll show you, if you don't have the app, it'll show you where Cork was over the last two months and we were doing so well from like the beginning of August right through August, right into the start of September and then it starts to go up around the middle of September and then we've just shot right the way up and it's really, really worrying figures. I mean, the amount of days that we were either close to 60 or at 60 cases every day and of course yesterday they update that. We had 55 uh, new cases. So, so worrying uh, the figures for, for Cork. But anyway, I go back to the text on the tracker app. Let me know if you have been contacted through the tracker app or you know somebody somebody admitted to you that yes they got a phone call and yes it was as a direct result of the tracker app I would be interested in hearing uh, on about that please and a quick look uh, before we go to some of the calls that have been coming in um, Anne contacted us earlier my apologies Anne that I'm only getting around to you now she sent us in a text earlier to say hi Patricia do you think it's safe to do a driving test now that we're into level 3 for me and it would mean travelling a good distance I'll need to go to Skibbereen because that's where my nearest test centre uh, is. Also I'm worried, I'm an older lady. I did the test three times over the years and the most recent last test I almost passed. I only need to drive very locally but that's why I need my driving licence. I wonder is it safe or will tests be prop- be postponed due to the rising COVID numbers here in Cork. Who would I contact? I'm really worried because I have to travel a good distance and as I'm an older person I've, that brings with it its own con- concerns. Uh, any advice please says Anne. Okay, uh, what I would say to you is driving tests are still going ahead and all the, the very strict guidelines as to how driving tests are done and I have not heard of one person who picked up COVID-19 as a direct result of either doing a driving lesson or either doing a driving uh, test Under level three, driving tests are still going ahead. But my worry and my concern for you, Anne, is reading through your text, you're extremely nervous and extremely worried about doing this test. And I wonder, is that the correct frame of mind to go into a driving test? We know how many people fail their driving test and it's all down to nerves. So I would be slightly concerned for you because you now have... You're obviously nervous doing a driving test, as everybody has been and is. But you now have the added levels that you're fearful of getting COVID-19 
and that's going to make you even more nervous. So I would suggest if you do have a driving test booked that maybe you defer, maybe tell them the reasons, tell them you're concerned, tell them you're worried about uh, COVID-19 and see if you could defer for a later date. But if you're confident in your driving and whoever is giving you your driving lessons feel you're ready to do the test, then try and put it out, try and put the COVID-19 as best you can out of your mind because every single precaution will be taken on the day of your test to make sure that you don't get COVID-19 from the tester or that you don't pass it on to him uh, either. So rest assured, they really have brought their A game when it comes to the driving tests and we wish you the best of luck with it. But if you think the nerves are going to get the better of you because of COVID, then I will be contacting the RSA and telling them and and maybe they will defer the test uh, for you. Best of luck with it though and let me know how you get on. 1850-333-103. Michael, anybody else has advice for Anne, please pass it on. I'd love to share advice from other listeners as well. Michael says, I think that Neffet should be seriously taken into consideration. The whole country and the government thought locking down the whole country was ridiculous. The guards need more power to punish the people who are breaking the rules. Uh, it was idiotic what Neffet were recommending. John says, I have to agree with Dr Tony Houlihan in locking down the country for a month, close the colleges, close the schools for a month. Uh, it's There's been two cases directly linked to colleges and that's where most of the cases are coming from now. John reckons they, you know, we've been told we have to stay within our county. He reckons that instead of limiting us to our county, we should have all been allowed to travel within 50k of where you live. The reason that he mentions this is John is one of, the, one of those people who lives on the Cork-Kerry border. He said, I can travel anywhere in Cork and yet I can't go down the road to go across the border. Not making sense to John. Mary says they this is the government they only care about the economy there'll be no economy at the rate this virus is spreading Micheál Martin according to Mary she feels she feels he hasn't a clue what he's doing they should have listened to Neffet and Dr. To- Dr. Tony and locked down the entire country John and Cove says I agree with Micheál Martin and what he did yesterday Dr. Tony Houlihan came back with all guns blazing but they didn't realise the bigger impact of what another lockdown would do we've got dark evenings and more Neffet would have ruined the country with another lockdown so while, says John and Cove, we don't always agree with Micheál Martin. I certainly agreed with what he did yesterday. Well done. Gat on Twitter at C103 Cork says, anybody else find it strange that supermarkets and hotels can all remain open, but churches are closed except for personal prayer. Supermarkets provide physical sustenance and churches provide spiritual sustenance. They are just as important. And I'm wondering how people are feeling about that, the fact that masses are going online. I know, I don't know if we're doing it tomorrow or not. I know we were talking in the office with John Paul about carrying an interview on that somebody who doesn't like the idea that masses are to go back online because churches have done really well with social distancing and all of that. A lot of work has gone on by the parish priest and at local level by volunteers and people felt very safe when they were inside in a church and a lot of people I think will be upset about the fact that masses have gone back online. Mary on Twitter at C103. Cork Neffert's job is to surely decide on how to contain the virus while also keeping an eye on the health service. The rest is down to the government to work it out. I think that the level three road map also needs a little bit of adjustment. And Charlie in Whelan says, doesn't it show now the government wanting everybody to move into cities and not build one-off 
one-off houses in rural areas. Doesn't this whole COVID-19 show them that that decision was wrong? How much worse would we be if we all were living inside in the cities and there was nobody living out in the county areas? How much worse off would we be now? 1850 333 103. Lines open. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses, supporting communities, serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. Now the drive-in bingo in Knocknagui for next Sunday, obviously that's have to had to be postponed in light of the recent public health restrictions and the limit on numbers that can gather. Castle Magna Development Association, they're holding a closed collection that's happening this Friday. It's to help fund traffic calming equipment for the village. You can contact Nula Falvey for drop-off information and Nula's number is 086 And Fremount Collection for Penny Dinners, that will be held next Sunday in the local hall and it's between 10am and 1pm. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Cork Today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 0862103103. Some of your texts coming into 0862103103. Great to hear from Pat, one of our listeners, uh, who says he had his cataract operation done yesterday and it was a great job. Well done, Pat. Continue good health and good eyesight to you. And no doubt you're well able to send the texts now. Keep them coming uh, to us. Hi, Patricia. We can't leave our county, yet the Irish soccer team can fly out to Slovakia. Question mark, question mark, question mark. Someone else is suggesting civil unrest. Anyone really annoyed, anybody else really annoyed with all those stupid people out there who are flouting the rules? If I see a group of drunk teens, I won't hesitate to go over and call them out with what I think they're up to. And I don't fear them. Why? I do karate. This list. I don't know if that person is being serious uh, or not. Uh, look after yourself. Hi, Patricia. Can't understand why the off licenses won't get closed. That would stop the house parties. Turn off the gas. And guess what happens? The fire goes out. That's from a new market listener. Sandy says on lockdown, why go from level two to level five? Are there not three levels in between? Three, two, three and four. The government need or two levels in between. The government needs to review the way they operate business, especially during lockdown. Last time, Sandy reminds us, remember they closed hardware stores and garden centres, leaving a raft of people who had lots of time in their hands, all in limbo. By all means, Insist on trading being done by non-human contact means. You can do click and collect, contactless payments and all of that. Um, if they're going to go back to lockdown, make sure the business can con- can continue. And that's from uh, Sandy. Catherine says, hi Patricia, just to say all those people who queued outside a toy store yesterday must have nothing else to do. They must have plenty of money as well to throw away if they thought that their children would miss out on Santa Claus this uh, year. Queuing up, what a waste of money. I thought it was madness, says uh, Catherine. That happened all over the country because I know we were reporting on it here in uh, Cork. In defence of some of the people that did it though, Catherine, I saw one woman earlier today saying that she had her money saved, you know, and she puts a bit away every year and she's three young children and in the panic when she thought we were going into level five, she decided she'd get out and get it done. But she also made the point that she's fearful her job would be gone and that she mightn't have money coming up to Christmas so she preferred to have the children looked after and that's why uh, she did it. I just hope 
that the panic buying side of things won't start and the rush to get by the toilet rolls etc. Uh, thank you for your text Catherine. Tony Houlihan says another texter did his job right, gave recommendations from a health point of view couldn't it be uptake couldn't it be uptaken because the government have to decide on the wider picture and if people do as they're told and if the people do as they're told progress will be made. It's a toss up between jobs and lives. We need to spare both and please God that's what we will do. The dogs in the street are saying to close off the off licences. Could the government be asked why this has never been done? They're surely accountable to the electorate for their actions. Quit their arrogance and tell us why they won't close off the off licences. They can surely afford uh, to do it. Off licences picked up all the trade from the pubs during a lockdown. And another text just says, Patricia, it's all a pure joke. We have all those elderly people constantly giving out about pubs and drink and house parties. Well, just this morning, I drove through my local village past the church. A mass was just finishing and the people were coming out from the church. There was at least 50 people well there couldn't have been any more than 50 because that's all that would have been allowed in. Anyway they were coming out they were all standing chatting in groups of four and five every one of them between the ages of 60 and 70. Now I know uh, restrictions for level three don't start until midnight tonight but surely those older people should be staying at home from mass for a few weeks. Well they will be from tonight because they are the ones who are most vulnerable and they are the ones that were locking the country down to protect. I felt it was a pure joke on behalf of those older people. Someone else says lives matter more than the economy. Someone else says must twice the number of people die before we est- uh, before we go to adopt stronger measures and, lo- and le- move to level five. That is from uh, Meg and uh, Mary says Patricia so what's the worst that can happen? And it will be the front line workers who will get the COVID. Hospitals won't be able to cope. No, no way. We will have many more deaths. And yet people are complaining because they can't go out for a drink. It's all back to drink. They can't live with it and they can't live without it. And on the suggestion that there could be another bank holiday and this has been mooted by the government, it seems, well, it was spoken about yesterday, a possible another bank holiday. It's the Monday, Monday, December the 21st is a day that's been looked out. Somebody says, we don't need another bank holiday. Look at it from employers' financial consequences. And what about deliveries to shops, etc., from a business point of view? For some businesses, it would be disastrous. Obviously, for the hospitality business, it would be a big bonus. That's if they were back up and running. 1850-333-103. We're going to take a break and we're back chatting with Joe Heffernan. Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. And just by the way, I mentioned the COVID tracker app. Um, trying to find out has anybody actually been contacted to say contact traced through the tracker app and the HSE have said at present 1,884 people have uploaded their positive status via the app which subsequently leads to their contact keys being cross-referenced with other app users leading to a close contact notification with those people that have been in sustained contact with the person and that upload can only happen once somebody has tested positive for the virus. So 1,884 people have used the app to say they were COVID positive so we assume 
depending on what the R number was at that time, that various people were traced as well and told to go forward for a test. So it does look like it is definitely working. If you haven't downloaded it, there still is time to do it. Now, Joe Heffernan uh, joins me. Good afternoon to you, Joe. Good afternoon, Patricia. And Joe, we've been talking about moving to level three. It brings with it its own restrictions. And we also were talking earlier with one of our listeners who has decided to stay cocooned that dreaded word since March she's nervous you know she's got medical issues health issues so she's staying very much cooped up in in her own home now luckily she's got her two granddaughters living with her who are certainly looking after her but people are finding those that are finding themselves cooped up it can be very stressful Yes and um, it can lead to you know um, a lack of patience um uh, little rows in the home. Um, people are just that bit, we'll call it tetchy. Um, uh, you know, um, uh, none of us is immune to that. Um, uh, but it is good that we might have a little talk about, you know, um, you know, maybe how to deal with things a little bit um Well, I think, yeah, we're all spending more time with loved ones than we normally would. We've got people, for example, who will be listening to this programme who both partners are working at home. Before, they would have got up in the morning, each would have gone to their workplaces and then they would have come home and spent the evening together. Everything was rosy in the garden. Suddenly, they're with each other. In some cases, it's been 24-7. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, that presents its own problems. There's no doubt about it that... um, uh, you know, um, we'd be no different than any other couple. Um, we'd have experienced, you know, that bit of tetchiness, that little bit of um, uh, impatience. Irritability. Uh, hmm? Irritability. We all just get oh, a little bit for sure. irritable. For sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I, I'm finding that this whole scenario um, uh, is, um, you know, tough enough. Tough enough, no doubt about it. Um, uh, I don't think anyone is immune. Now, maybe there are those who are coping excellently, um, but I'd say they'd be in the great minority. So, what do we do if 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 things do get a little bit um, uh, argumentative or uh, straight out if there's a row about something? Um, well, the first thing that we would say, that I would say, would be um, that the timing is very important to to talk things out. Um, if everyone, if we'll 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 go by certain couples, if both people are really angry, um, very upset, um, uh, is not the time. Um, to say, look, we need to talk this over. Um, the timing is important. For example, I mean, if somebody had an extra couple of glasses of wine or something like that, um, uh, and or wouldn't just listen to what the other person had to say, well then, that's not the time really to try and push this forward um, uh, to make uh, changes, to make a point. It might be a good time to leave it and to maybe say, look, we'll talk about this um, a bit later today. It might be a good time um, 
thank God we're able to do it with the level three. It might be a good time to go for a little stroll um, to just kind of like uh, clear your head. the situation. Yeah. yeah. And, and then it's so important when we do get to talk to listen um, and to to listen carefully um, to show that you're listening. Um, you know, the little signs like uh, a nod, um, uh, uh, the very fact that you're looking the other person uh, in the eye um, uh, and uh, checking the acting of, did I get, did I hear that right now? And, um, and then, uh, you know, to... Um, to, to yeah, to show the other person that you actually are hearing what they're saying, that you're not just forming your own uh, reply or argument, if you like, um, while the other person is trying to make his or her point. Yeah, you mightn't always agree, but yeah. it's important to listen to the other person's view. Yeah, in other words, like, to wait your turn that uh, when the other person, when there's an obvious clear pause or, or when it's uh, obviously appropriate um, to uh, reply, well, to wait until that um, opportunity arises rather than interrupting. I mean, apparently, I didn't see it all, I saw bits of it, but apparently the uh, debate, if you could call it that, between uh, Trump and Biden was, you know, a shambles because of interruptions and not letting the other person make their point. It borders on bullying at uh, times. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay, a listener says, my boyfriend gives me the silent treatment. Now that's that, that passive-aggressive. And yeah. that gets you nowhere. No. 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 It's um, uh, uh, resentments and all that kind of thing are like mushrooms. Uh, you know, they grow in the dark. Um, if you if you put the points out there and have the courage and the humility, I suppose, uh, to say to the other person, look, um, I'm upset by A, B or C and um, we we need to talk. And uh, and then ask the person, like, um, do, do you, are you, would you be okay with that? And I think usually, um, I... I I've no statistics about it, but I presume 99% of the time the other person will at least, even if grudgingly, say, OK. So okay. you break you break the silent treatment by you being the bigger person and start talking. Absolutely. We need to talk about this. Absolutely. You're I remember upset. you telling me um, more than once, um, because it was relevant, uh, down through the years, that um, uh, about this couple that, um, that hadn't spoken... Um, you mentioned years yeah. living under the same roof. Now, I mean, that's not right. Mm. That, that, that needs to, that silence needs to be broken. And then it's very important um, to, to say the, what you're um, uh, upset about, uh, not, not to kind of get into um, a labeling or blaming the other person. Like, for example, um, Instead of um, you're very bossy to say, I'd like before things are done that we would consult about it first. You know, mm. um, 
uh, and again, the older I statements are so important that if you start with I, you're usually in a safe place. Like, I felt really uncomfortable when, or I felt quite upset when. Um, that's because, um, uh, you know, you're simply expressing how you feel. Whereas, if you start with you, well, then you're into, um, you know, a confrontational type discussion. And you're, you're accusing. And, and, and I think as well, you know, pick your battles. I think a lot of couples at the moment, you know, relationships can get a bit fraught with everybody living at home. The small, stupid things are annoying people. Like, you never empty the dishwasher. Yeah. You never put the clothes in the clothes basket. You know, and they're the small, stupid things. Yeah. But they can start getting on people's nerves and you can end up having a row over one that I know we mention in my house. My sister, who thankfully is very happily married now for 30 odd years. The first row she ever had with her husband was he used to put the butter on the wrong side of the fridge. And it was after a couple of months she had this row with him. And it was my late mother said, Paul, you really need to pick your battles. But in the scheme of things, and she realised how stupid it was. But it's just small things can start getting on each other's nerves they because can, of this uh, lockdown situation? Exactly, exactly. No, no, no time um, better for that kind of thing happening than right now. Um, because as you use those words, and, and quite correctly, we're cooped up together. And um, yeah, less patience, more irritable, um, more anxious, um, all, of the, all of that. And then... It's 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 extremely important, like to check um, why do you want to have this talk now? If it's to kind of ram your um, uh, point of view as it were down the other person's throat, well, that's not a good start. I mean, that that is destined uh, to fail. So um, I often talk about a triangle, like we'll say there's um, John and Jane at the two top ends of the triangle, and down at the third um, uh, point of the triangle is um, the problem. And if the focus of both people is on that third um, part of the triangle, and if they're focused on the problem with a view to solving it, well, then that, that you know, probably will lead to a good uh, outcome, a good solution. Whereas if the action, as it were, is across the top line of the triangle between the two people, well then, in a way, the, um, the problem is getting ignored and um, uh, the uh, discussion can turn into, as we'll call it, uh, personal uh, stuff um, rather than, um, you know, uh, trying to solve a problem. So, like... One would want to think about their motive in asking for uh, the bit of a chat, the uh, the talk that needs to be had. Um, and if the motive is um, to, uh, without question, um, uh, get it to a point where you're right and the other person is wrong, or where you want to um, maybe even kind of punish the other person for A, B, or C, in other words, the blame game, 
well that won't work either yeah you're, go- you're going to get nowhere no uh, somebody says a lot of the rows at, at the moment particularly for couples who are both working from home is to do with domestic chores yeah. I, fee- I, I feel in my house my husband expects me to do everything even though we're both working full time he takes himself off to a back bedroom to work whereas I'm stuck in the kitchen doing my work but also doing all of the domestic chores Chores. he never sees all the work that has to be done around the house there you are and that was exactly the next point that I wanted to make would be to make a clear request. In other words, um, if you say, I have to do everything around here, I'm fed up of it, um, I'm getting no help at all. No, that kind of is very general and doesn't really uh, get you what you want. Whereas, if you said, would you please take out the bins today? Well, no, that's very straightforward. It's, It's a clear request would you please take out the bins today and uh, most people find that when they make an absolutely clear request that it seldom gets a negative um mm. reply um you know most people won't say no i won't rather no. than be the martyr and drag the big bins out yourself and then you're fuming because <laughs> he or she didn't see that the bins needed to be put out absolutely yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and but, but they're they're small silly things but they can fester, can't they? They can. They can. And I often use that analogy about the um, the mushrooms. Um, you know, they, they keep the place dark because that's how they grow best. And I think um, uh, these kind of uh, negative feelings, um, anger, resentment, etc., um, they're like mushrooms. They grow in the dark. It's better to say, look, we need to have a chat. Um are you are you okay with that? And um, hopefully um, that uh, the the whole motivation for the chat is to um, solve a problem, uh, maybe to relieve tension. Um, uh, as you say, um, I- instead of coming back in uh, fuming about um, that you've just uh, done another one of the chores that you didn't get help with to make the specific request or if it's ongoing uh, day after day, week after week, well then maybe it's a good time to uh, to engage with this kind of a process. Um, very simply saying, look, we need to have a chat. Um, uh, are you okay with that? Now, if the person's favourite uh, programme in the week will say is Fair City and they want to watch that at whatever uh, 8 o'clock will say, well then, don't time it for 8pm. That's the wrong time to yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it basically really is, it's down to lines of communication. It's like what we talk about with young people and with teenagers keeping the lines of communication going. You know, when you're living in a house with your partner, your husband, your wife, whatever, uh, even if it's between parents and children, adults, you know, adult children, it's keeping that lines of communication going. Yeah. Letting and people know how you are feeling. Exactly. And what I have found down through the years, um, as they say, more than I care to remember, <laughs> um, working with couples, um, when it comes right down, when we are getting into the nitty gritty of our work, um, and when it comes to, okay, now, we've talked about A, B, C, D, E, F, maybe the whole alphabet. What is the main problem? And I would say that 85 or 90 percent of the time, uh, the word that comes back to me is communication. Yeah. 
we're not communicating well about the likes of what we're talking about now. Um, no, it can be a completely um, a specific thing that's wrong. Um, I mean, if a person is overdoing alcohol or is engaging in drug use or something like that, well, then the main problem is that. But very often, um, it kind of comes down to it that there isn't a main issue, um, you know. And that's uh, when all the small, stupid things start to build up. Yeah. 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 Somebody somebody says one person put it to me like this. Many small flies can be more annoying than a big animal. The thing to do is to swat the fly as soon as you can. It's just yeah, it's to stop the small things from becoming annoying. Yeah. Yeah. And you'd be amazed like about, um, you know, some of the things over the years that have come up, um, uh, you know, uh, not that one would in any way minimize what's upsetting a person. I, I usually say things like, look, um, let's uh, talk about this. And um, even if it's as small as, um, you know, uh, he always leaves the cover off the toothpaste. Um, or the know, toilet seat up. <laughs> yes. <yeah, laughs> the yeah. one that all the females give out. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, it can be very small keep, things. Keep. But the accumulation of small things, as you say, a good analogy. It's like the room is then full of flies. Yeah. OK, keep the lines of communication going. Your mind of information as always. Thanks, Joe. Have a good week. We'll talk next Tuesday. Stay safe. Thank you. Thanks uh, for joining us. Bye bye. Joe's number 029 Talk to you tomorrow at 10. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.